Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello, you're about to listen to this week's episode of Sofa Cinema Club. Just before we get started, this is your reminder to go and follow or subscribe to us wherever you are listening to this podcast. All the support is greatly appreciated. Now, it's time to enjoy this week's episode. Hello and welcome back to Sofa Cinema Club. I'm Colson Smith and as always I'm joined by... Jack P. Shepard. Ben Price. The Sofa Cinema Club is our podcast where we get together to educate each other on films. Now it is all about the films we should have seen, but we haven't. Each week we set a film for the others to watch and then we come into the studio and we talk about what we loved, hated and rated about the film. Now the beauty of our film club is that anyone can join in. All you have to do is watch along with the film at home, then join us every Thursday to find out what we thought of the film. This week's film has been chosen by Jack, and it is Monster. But before we get into talking all things Monster, as always, how's your week been? What have you been up to? So I think we need to talk about you two have had a little away trip. You're fresh off the telly, aren't we? Yeah, you've pied the third member off, I've gone. And it's a duet now. They, they didn't even ask for Ben. Didn't even ask for you. They went, we just need the two big boys, Colson and Jack. And you went, where? Now, I always get them mixed up. I always call it good morning, and it's this morning, and I get, I get mixed up. But it was this morning with Phil and... Rochelle. Rochelle. It goes, good morning, Britain, Lorraine, this morning, loose women. That's the gang. That's the daytimes. Are they all filmed there? Yeah. All in the same place. How many have you done, Jack? Have you have you done them all? Have you got the hat trick ball? I've done them all. Yeah, I've done them all. I've never done Good Morning Britain. Have you not? Oh, I've done that. Actually, do you know what? I haven't done Good Morning Britain. I did GMTV. Early I've days. never done Good Morning Britain. So how was it? Train down? Did you stay the night out last night? Didn't actually see each other in the end. <laughs> no, we didn't. We planned on. No. We planned yeah. on. We planned... Because... Yeah, we went down, didn't we, the day before, the night before, whatever you want, and you can relax, check into your hotel. This is, for those that don't know, if you ever see anybody on the This Morning couch, if they don't come from London, they don't come from the house, they come from wherever, and then they get stuck in an hotel somewhere close to studio. So we get put up in this hotel that's round the corner. In Shepherd's Bush. Bush. Near my old manor. Jack P. Shepherd's Bush. (laughs) Jack P. Shepherd's Bush. Jack P. Shepherd's Bush. Yeah, and um, we thought, oh, well, we'll we'll meet up, we'll do something. And I noticed on the itinerary that I got that the hotel had a spa. To the point, Ben, he texted me, the PM, the private message that said, bring your trunks. Yeah. So he, he was well up for this. And... All, all I knew was that because it was Leeds Liverpool last night, so Jack was like, "We'll we'll meet for the football," and I was like, "Okay, sound. Let us know where you find." It was like, "I'll find us somewhere and let me know where." Uh, but I've come down like two hours before he has, and I'm in like I've gone Kensington side, whereas Jack goes Shepherd's Bush side. Like <laughs> Jack goes full dives right into the deepness. So in the end, we were both like. We ended up being an hour away from each other because we'd both gone half an hour in the other direction. Oh, you went to different bars? I, I, so, like, I I went He from... went away. He went towards the glitz and glamour, and I dove straight into the shepherd's bush. <laughs> you went up towards Holland Park, Cole, so up towards Nottingham Yeah, Hill. well, I went through Holland Park. When I rang Jack, when Jack rang me, I was in Holland Park. 
and I was like, you know, g- give me a shout when you find somewhere and I'll head over that way. You've gone the other way. You've gone much more into the market. He's gone past Shepherd's Bush Market. He's gone up. I'm in. I'm in. Ooh, hello. You've gone got the a other few, way. Uh, I've got a few uh, hoodlums running after me, a few, few kids, youth of today, chasing me down the street. Only for a selfie. David! Yeah, yeah, shouting. Oi, oi, are you off that sofa cinema club? (laughs) Your London accent, your cockney is good. By the way, they love it in the South, don't they? You always think Corrie, North, Manchester, but in London, they love Corrie. Yeah, they love it. Yeah, properly do love it. So what bar were you in, Coles? To watch the game. I didn't see the game. So I was heading to Jack to see the game. And then I got back to the hotel and I didn't realise... You went to sleep. The bar Jack had found was half an hour from the hotel. And I'd headed back to the hotel because Jack had said, I've found somewhere, I'll get somewhere near the hotel. So then, and I had to go back to pop an antihistamine. (laughs) And then out in the end, I looked and it was three one down. And I was like, I'm just going to go to sleep. So up early for the show... The old breakfast at eight thirty. Bar was shut, by the way. We couldn't, we couldn't <laughs> yeah. even go there. As yeah. soon as we got in, they went. So the spa is closed and has been like, for the last four years. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Fuck. Um, "What time did Jack get to breakfast, Benny?" Text me and put eight thirty. Meet. What time did he get there? Oh, it's either probably eight forty-five, nine. Yeah. Yeah. 8.45, 8.45. Yeah. yeah. But you'd take that, wouldn't you? You'd take the 15 minutes. You've got time yeah. to absolutely gnash. I was on my way, and then I realised I was on my way. i got way. a great picture. <laughs> I sent it in my picture. I was on my way, and then I'd gone. I'd done a last sweep around in the bathroom, you know, as you do. Just check if you've got all your toiletries and everything. And I stood on fucking bath mat in my socks, and it's complete piss wet through. So I was like, oh, I mean, I couldn't just put... I mean, it was... Soaking. I know what you've gone. You've gone for the hairdryer. Hairdryer. Takes a while. Takes a while. So breakfast-wise, we talking... Shit show, Ben. Hotel. (laughs) Was it continental and cooked? Yeah. It was funny. I heard this... uh, Strange... There must have been something going on. There were loads of Americans in the the hotel. And um, they're, they're quite confident, aren't the Americans? That's a polite way of saying it. And they're sort of down at breakfast, and this guy's going, um, he's speaking to this waiter, and he went, excuse me, excuse me, and he's going, he's going, is your porridge the same as oatmeal? Is that the same? Is oatmeal the same as porridge? And the guy's going, yeah, yeah, you can order that. He's going, no, I know I can. Is it the same? And he's going, he had no idea what he was talking about. I was laughing. I thought it was hilarious. Did you say, yeah, it is? I actually didn't know. I I even went back to my table and Googled it, but yeah, it is the yeah, same. Yeah, it's the same. Oatmeal. Yeah, I know. But I didn't know. Yeah. You could have put him out of his misery and just said, yeah, mate. So, Colson, what did you go breakfast-wise? Egg? It was a shit show for me. I took what were on buffet. I had beans, egg and toast. Oof. I went full English. No, because Jack went, order me breakfast. So I ordered Jack's off the menu, and I was like, well, I just went up to the buffet, and it was terrible. But it was, I, I panicked, Ben. I do panic in situations about food sometimes. Fruit? It wasn't good. And at this point, don't forget, my lips are swollen. So I'm in a whole heap of stress. Uh, swollen lips onto good morning. Yeah, worried that I'm going to go on TV looking like I've got lip filler. Yeah. <laughs> For those of you that don't know, which is all of you, at the moment, I, I've, I've got this thing which is called um, chronic idiotic uterica- uticaria. Hold on, Some- hold on, hold on. Chronic idiotic? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. He, don't he made that, that up, ladies. <laughs> he told brilliant. you that. They've caught you there. Say it's chronic and then idiotic, see if he says it. I went, why has it got the middle word? Because I'd never been told about the middle word before. And she went, oh, it's because it's got no pattern. Like, it, ha- it, it, it happens for, like, no reason. It is, it's not one thing. Chronic idiotic uticaria. Uticaria, isn't it? I don't, I don't know. I haven't I got it. Know. You've been on the Google, not all. Yeah, you've just said it. <laughs> but the GP does call it urticaria. Well, they're wrong. Well, they they're... Wrong. Look, I've, <laughs> I've trained as a doctor. <laughs> what, me, and Jack, me and Jack. Me and Jack, no. Basically, what it means is allergic reactions to a lot of stuff. 
we don't know what, we don't know why, it just happens. And when it happens, it's it can be like all over me in different places. But at the moment, like I'm on a decent amount of drugs to like keep it from going. And it, it's normally fine, it's normally capable. <laughs> but the night before you go on live TV, I could feel oh. my lips tingling last night. And I put a message in our group chat dinner. And I was like, it's going to happen. And then in the morning you went, it's happened. It's happened. Yeah. And that, what, so what happens? They just, they swell up basically. Yeah, my lips swell. And you get a rash, don't you, on your body? Yeah, rash all over. But um, the rash has been a lot better. And it's, it's the first time it's done it in ages. But you can hide that when it's on your face. And it's yeah, quite I'm not asked. To, basically, it's just meant, so it's it started in January. So it's meant that you won't have seen me in short sleeves since January. So like, I'm always wearing long sleeves. I'm always well covered up. It only annoys me when it's on my face because then obviously it's quite... It's not, it's it's a bit disheartening sometimes if it's on your face, like... <laughs> I came down to breakfast, Ben, yeah. and I saw it. I've seen it before, but, you know, you see it at breakfast. I was like, oh, God, you can't go a lot. It looks like you've had loads of fucking lip filler <laughs> put, put in your mouth. <laughs> yeah. And I went, I went, it's it's going down. Like, I went, trust me, it's going down. I've been for a walk. I've just had some pineapple off. Fucking started again. Do you think you're allergic to fruit or sugar? It, ben, it, it's everything and anything. That's the idiotic. Is it? Ha- it has no pattern, and I think what it is changes is what I'm being told. It'll stop after six months. Oh, is that what they say? Apparently, the timeline is six months. Oh, right. Good. Oh, well, and then that's it. Like it never. How long you got left? You must be three months. Six, I think three months left. Yeah. Oh, how funny. But it's, it, it is bizarre. And it did, it, it did just about go down, didn't it, Jack? Yeah, it did. Yeah, you I didn't notice anything gone. when I no, watched no. it. Yeah. I could, I could feel it when I was there, but you couldn't, like, it, it wasn't like, you have seen it when it's like, you f- can fully notice it. Yeah. It does look like, Ben, you, what do you call it? The Botox fairy. <laughs> <laughs> it's come at, they've come at night. Um, you did have it when you ate, we went, after we saw the film, didn't you? Then in uh, that night, you texted us and said, oh, your lips have got bigger or whatever. Well, Jack thinks it's Tangfastics or Nando's is what Jack <laughs> you see, says. Both of which, both of which you're completely denying. <laughs> that is my only diet. I did have Nando's yesterday, Jack. Ah, uh, uh, say it ain't so. <laughs> it's say not it Nando's. So. But how do you say that? Because it's anything, it ha- it's happened on other occasions. But you're saying it's not Nando's. It could be something in what I'm having. Ooh, it's that garlic mayo you have. Try not having a Nando's and see if it He happens. can't. He has them every day. You're going to have it tonight, a million percent. What are you eating I've tonight? already had one today. Oh, right, well. Oh, well. You've already had one. What are you going to eat tonight, Nando's? I might not eat tonight. What t- It's five o'clock now, isn't it? I might not eat tonight. Don't know. Nah. We'll oh. see. Double up on the Nando's. Yeah. Well, there we go. Crikey. But anyway, I got in the car. The lips were swelling less after popping numerous antihistamines. And we, we were on. We were on our way, weren't we, Jack? Best bit. You know, when you're pulling up to the television centre, they go, obviously, his Addy Lee driver's there. And he went, dropping off Colson. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, have you got someone else in there as well? And the guy goes, oh, Colson, because it was just booked under Colson. And he went, have you got a jack as well? And I went, yeah, mate, there's a jack in here. So the Addy Lee driver went, yeah, yeah, there is. Pulls around the corner. He went, sorry about that. Sorry about that. And I went, it's fine. He's my plus one. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. We were giggling away, weren't we? Driver oh. pissed himself. Driver yeah, he loved hilarious. it. He loved <laughs> he it. Just, <laughs> just wanted, wanted a tip. <laughs> he loved it. He loved it. I work plus one. <laughs> plus one. I've got, the, I've got the little fellow with me, my little plus one. <laughs> when you do those shows, yeah. one of the things is, is who, is who else is on that day? Who else is there? Who was on Ke- that day? I saw Keith Duffy on the <laughs> yeah, way out. Did. did you? Keith Duffy was coming in as we were going out and he was like... How you doing? You all right? Give him a big hug. Obviously, I didn't have a clue. We had to introduce ourselves because yeah, yeah, I yeah. assumed when I heard an Irish accent and him... It like, has to be Keith Dunn. Yeah, I was you like... met him? Wasn't he at work when you were? No. No? no. I don't think he was, Ben. Oh. Or if he was, Coles was probably just a kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like 12, 13, whatever. Boys own any Keith Duffy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So probably yeah. I would have... I, if I'd have spoke to him, I'd have been all over him. He was going on Loose Women. In one door, out the other. He sends his love anyway. But Ben, who who was on when, when they come in to do our little research chat? Who's in the dressing room next to us? 
Oh, big, massive, huge, huge. Swedish, big in Swe- even Drago. No, bigger, bigger, biggest Swedish star ever. Sweden's biggest export, Abba. Yeah, born. You joking? Dressing room next to us. Oh, my head's gone. My head's gone. Oh my god. Was oh he? my god. Yeah. Waterloo. Yeah. My exact reaction was singing that like, same did song. You say any- no, didn't Fernando. Hey, Fernando. Any <laughs> chance? That would have been a photo. It would have been that great. Have been, I tell it? you what, getting him on and going, look, lad, I don't want to be funny about this. We do a podcast, and Mamma Mia's been on it. Any chance? He was in Mamma Mia as well. Remember on the old keys, wasn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's on the old. Yeah. So what? Manner. What was he there for? Just talking about. Uh, there's a new band. We haven't heard their music. They're called <laughs> Abba. Let's see if they do very well. <laughs> we didn't actually watch, did we, Jack? No. I wonder what he was on for. They do that concert, don't they, where they're not really there. It's apparently that's amazing, by the way. Yeah. The Abba voice. Fa- absolutely- Someone I know went and saw it and went, it really works. Because that's a big star. That's like the- one of the biggest music stars you're going to get. Mm. Follow that. In fact, when we both found out, Jack, Jack kind of went, he's a massive Abba fan. And I was like, so, so are you. Like, Yeah. Yeah. Even like the runners and all the staff and everybody else behind, they were all excited. That- Did you see him? No. Did he have a piano with him? No, no idea. His door was shut, our door were open, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, you're hoping he knocks on and goes, okay. Hi, guys, oh, I listen to the show. you got any sugar? <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you have the breakfast in the hotel? <laughs> he would have been staying spa, in the same hotel as well. The spa was shut, really disappointing. That's why it was shut, because he was in. Was it Benny and Bjorn, isn't it? Yeah. Benny won't there, just Bjorn. Just Bjorn. Mint, God, Mint, and you got a good amount of time. You got ten minutes, didn't you? Yeah, did That's you watch like, yeah. us? Very good. I didn't see you live. I was at work. I was doing the acting, but uh, you sent me a link, and then I watched you after that. Very, very good. We mentioned you. We shouted you out. We you did when it became you. obvious that you'd pied me for so long, Yuck. it got embarrassing. <laughs> well, you no. two were going, yeah, <laughs> and it's a really good podcast, and we're really funny, and we thought of this, and we thought of that. And then very quietly, you went, and there's someone else as well. There's someone else. <laughs> and we're really good. Yeah, and it's a massive success. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was actually. There's an old man with grey hair as well. <laughs> it was Jack who'd fully forgotten you existed. He was... He was on one about how we're the best of friends and how it's such an amazing <laughs> thing. And I was I like, know. if we don't mention him now, we ne- we're not going to mention him. Well, they mentioned you because they put a picture up of him, didn't we? And that, that jogged our memory. <laughs> <laughs> I pointed you out. You went, oh, he's in it as well. <laughs> he doesn't talk, though. He just works the buttons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was very good. Well done, lads. Very, very good. Anyway, Phil wants to come to the live show. I said we'll sort him out. We'll sort him out a ticket. Brilliant. I wonder what his favourite film is. I wonder what Bjorn's favourite film is. We'll ask him at the live show. Yeah, yeah. ask Abba. <laughs> Bjorn, yeah. Bjorn's not coming to the live show, sadly. I did invite him. He went, what? Knock, knock. <laughs> yeah, he went, who? <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of you. I'll tell you one film that we know wasn't their favourite. Monster, which is what this week's podcast is about, isn't it, Jack? Yes, it is. Are you ready to give us a synopsis? Yes. Let's have it then. Okay. Monster, 20-year-old film, 2003. Um, Charlize Theron plays convicted serial killer Eileen Warnos, who was convicted of killing six men, and she received the death penalty. She played a prostitute in, I want to say Florida. I think it's Florida. And, um, yeah, she depicts the real um, story of that character, of that person, Eileen Warnos. Interesting. Very good. Interesting. Do you think? Well, it, you'd give her a lot away, wouldn't you? It's hard. Because it, there, basically, you've just said, it's a film with this actress about this story. Whereas if it didn't happen, so would your synop- what would your synopsis be if it wasn't a true story? You probably would have gone into it more. You'd have had to. Probably gone into it a bit more. I've sort of uh, left majority out. I've sort of basically said the synopsis as though everybody knows the story. So Charlie Theron was 25 when she did this. Was she? Mm. And just because I didn't know this story, I'd never seen any documentaries. This film was my first knowledge of it. If you had to give a little bit of background to the story. Yeah. What would you say? I suppose it's, is she the world's first female serial killer? God, I don't know. I think the film was more about 
it it had that the factual stuff in, didn't it? But it was also about we went into her relationship with the Christine Ritchie yeah. character, yeah, and about the reasons as to, as to maybe what got her, yeah, to that, place. yeah, to to that place. So that was what because it was a uh, who directed it. Um, I want to oh. say Patty Jenkins. Yeah, I think that was a really interesting way of approaching it, which was. You know the story, you'll know that as a straight doc, but actually what I'm going to try and fill in is the blanks to what got her to that place that you see her at the end in the courtroom. At the time, uh, the story was massive because as the film came out in 2003, in 2002 she was executed. Ah, So it was right up there. She'd been on death row for 12 years, I think. Yeah. Yes, it was very present. Yeah. So I guess for you that don't know the story... A basic storyline would be female prostitute turns serial killer. Yeah. All tied in with a love story, which, as as Ben was just saying on then, is kind of the side that doesn't get told in the documentaries that people might have seen. Yeah, I, I don't know whether it's as simple as... I think, you know, she'd had uh, a really tough upbringing, hadn't she? Yeah. Mm. I think that's really what you're getting through, is that she'd been really... I mean, really... It was really sad, abused. Yeah, abused, abandoned as a child yeah. as well. So it was that going on, her trying to work out, plus with this kind of strange love story, but then not telling her the girl, the other the partner what really was going on and needing money, but then going... It was, yeah, it was, it was a lot more in-depth than I remember it. So for the audience members... What is this film designed to do? I suppose it's just showing you, like what Ben said then, it's just showing you um, a reason as to why she, and how she sort of got to that stage. So you sort of, in the beginning, it's kind of um, narrated at first, isn't it? By yeah. By Charlize Theron. It is all the way through. Yeah, she's kind of telling the audience where she is in a mental state. And she's got a gun and she's going to kill herself, isn't she? Yeah. Because she's basically sort of, she's no reason to be alive anymore. She's done with life. And she suddenly realises that she's got $5 left in her pocket and that she's got that $5 from having sex with a man. And she realises that if she doesn't spend the $5, she'd have had sex with him for free. So... Before she kills herself, she's going to go and spend the $5, so get a drink. So she goes to this bar, and that's where she meets Selby, isn't it? And she says, basically, she saved my life, because if I hadn't have met her there, I'd have had a drink, and then I'd have gone and killed myself, and that would have been the end of Eileen Warnos. So right at the beginning of the film, you see how depressed and how unhappy she is. She's quite angry as well, isn't she, with the world with men, with everybody. It felt like she was in that... um, God, what was that film about? The people who lived just outside Disneyland. Oh, yes. Yeah, with Willem Dafoe. It felt like she was in that poverty trap, didn't it? Mm. She didn't get an education. She can't get a job. Then, Then she can't get a job. She can't get a place to live. Then she can't... She can't sort of seem to get out of that right at the bottom rung of the ladder. Yeah, and it's like, no matter what she tries, the world's given up on her, even if she's not given up on the world. Like, even skipping a few, when she ends up being in a relationship with Selby and she's, like, trying to make it work, she can't go out and get a job because they're like, well, what have you been doing for the last 30 years of your life? Like, Well, she was a prostitute when she was 13. And people don't care and they don't have the sympathy for her to welcome her back in, do they? Yeah, but there's also the, what was interesting was the type of job she was going for, which were lawyer. Yeah, it, it, like and then lawyer. You know, it was like a sort of semi fantasy about what that life would be. I'd get that job, and then we'll be fine. And it was quite childlike at times. Oh God, yeah, yeah. I mean, quite an amazing performance, I thought, from Charlize Theron. Really, quite extraordinary. You, I completely forgot. I was watching her completely, and I thought, she, I really felt quite real, actually. Did you say she won the Oscar for this, Jack? 
She did, yeah. Did that come as a surprise at the time, or was it? it I mean, she won a lot of the awards for this film in the run-up to the Oscars, so it wasn't a surprise she won this, but it was the only Oscar this film was nominated for. But I think it's because it's such a strong and powerful, and, and also, it is highly Warnos. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's the double, it's the spit, the mannerisms, her walk her facial expressions, everything. And the fact, it was only made for $1.5 million. Wow. It's a tiny, tiny amount. So she's really committed to a very, very small budget film about a very, very difficult subject. They saw quite a lot of people for this role. They saw um, Reese Witherspoon massively campaigned for this film. Um, They saw Heather Graham, Brittany Murphy... By campaign, do you mean she she like, like wanted she to be in it? Went out to try and get it. Yeah. Okay. And um, Patty uh, Jenkins, the director, said she woke up in the middle of the night. And she put on the TV, and it was Devil's Advocate, that film with Keanu Reeves and Al Pacino. And Charlie's Theron plays his wife, Keanu Reeves' wife, in that. And there's this particular scene where she's crying her eyes out and she's got snot coming down her face and everything like that and patty jenkins was watching this thinking any actress who's willing to have a close-up like that bearing all showing a, a sort of ugliest she might be someone to carry off this role of um eileen warner so um she saw her for her and she gave her the script and she was like what do you think and she and charlie's Theron was sort of taken aback and she went for these kind of roles, I would have to sweat, you know, bl- blood, sweat and tears. I would have to ask, basically, for a chance to do this sort of role. Why are you giving it to me? She was like, all the other actresses we've sort of seen, I felt like I could sort of um, take all their bullshit or whatever, or I'd be able to sort of manipulate them. You, I don't think I can. I, you scare me, in a way. So I think, which is why I think you might be perfect for this, for this role type thing. And she's a big girl, like tall girl. She's like 5'10", nearly yeah. six foot. It's a leading lady role that doesn't quite portray as most leading lady roles you'd expect, does it? It's one of those films where you can see it's a big risk for a, stu- a studio would go, I can't see, you know, it's a film, it's a passion project, isn't it? They wanted to make it. There were a lot of producers on the film that didn't know what they were making. Charlie's Theron has said that there's one particular producer who halfway through, and some of the dailies have been sent up to producers like after they'd been filming it, and he thought it was some sort of lesbian romantic film between two girls, a bit sort of, bit sort of Thelma and Louise, a bit sort of Bonnie and Clyde type thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, almost like a, a romantic love story. And it's it's not really that. And, I mean, it is in a sense, but some with two pin-up girls like Christina Ritchie and Charlize Theron as they were, as are, as they are, uh, he sort of thought, I think, I think it needs to be more sexy. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And Charlize Theron was like speaking to the director afterwards. And she was like, what do you think? And she was like, don't ever speak to that man ever again. And I'm not speaking to him ever again. He's wrong. It's yeah. not that. That's not the film we're making whatsoever. It's not that film at all, is it? And then obviously the film came out and was a big success. And all he ever does is take the praise for it being a big success, apparently. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, apparently. Yeah. It's it's a weird one. So obviously I said, you know, I, I didn't know much about this story. I didn't know anything about this film. And as I was watching it, you kind of see the relationship grow between the two of them. I really did like their relationship, in a way. I really... And do you know what? Halfway through... When it... You sort of know that she's killing people, and you can sort of sympathise with her. The first one you... It takes it takes a while for her to kill someone, though, as well, don't forget. They're, yeah. You know, they're actively... that They've had a really emotional first date. They've had that first kiss, and it's that moment where you actually believe that she is just going to go and give it all up for... That life. And when that Don't Stop Believing comes on at the Yeah, it's a great soundtrack. The whole film's a great soundtrack. It's great. The um, the lead singer of Journey, he was the um, music 
consultant on the film. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Picked his own song. Picked his own song. <laughs> I've, I've got a feeling... I'm um, going to do our greatest hits. But do you know what? As that song played out, and it's just them two, and they're on the roller rink, and you can sort of see that Selby is a little bit concerned about what people are going to think. Do you know what I mean? About two girls holding hands going around a roller rink. Um, in, like... Daytona or like Florida, wherever it is, are they going to get a lot of looks? And you sort of see that Eileen, or Lee, as she's called throughout the film, she never went by Eileen. It was Aileen, it was always Lee. She's almost got this attitude like, fuck them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Stick with me, kid, and I'll protect you. And that, and you can see that. You can see as, as she walks in the place with her, she's proud that she's got Selby under her arm. And I, I do really want their relationship to work. And then as yeah. the song kicks in, it does really make you think, God, movies are fucking great. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, It really yeah. does. There's that time for them, isn't there? There's yeah. that. There's a bit like that kind of high five moment. You think this is the picture. Yeah. At that point, if you knew nothing about the film, which I didn't, it, it doesn't show you any hints or to lead in the direction that it led in. You know, and, and and she basically she's going back to prostitution t- to make money for well, them. There's a kind of thing where Christine Rich's character is basically going to have to leave the Guardian's home where she is, isn't she? And then Lee Warner says, "Look, come on, I can make this work and get us a house, car, some money. We can have uh, almost. It's exactly what you're saying, Jake. It's always that painting of a, a happy ever after. Yeah." I was always thinking, why don't that Selby go out and get a job? Why is it just always left to Lee to go off and get a job? And it's apparently she was a massive recluse. So she didn't like coming out the house. But the they've changed the name. She's not actually called Selby. She has a different name who was Eileen Warnos' girlfriend. She didn't want any part or resemblance or a name or anything to be associated with the film. So she wanted all that to be taken out. So they basically had a blank canvas as the girlfriend as as to um, what she was going to be like, basically. First kill, then. What did you two think of that one? Well, it's it's complete self-defence. Yeah. To me, it seems like, you know, she's going to be raped, he punches her, and then you see that, has he got, like, a hammer or something in the back and he's he's going to kill her? Yeah, yeah, or sore or something. So, yeah, he's he's got something, hasn't to he? Make, he's, yeah, he's gonna he's yeah. got plastic and whatnot. And yeah, you can see, and he's gonna it, kill her. It's full. Yeah, he he. That's that's what his intentions were. Yeah, if luck would have it, she doesn't have that gun, and she kills him. So you do sympathise with her for that first one. Yeah, as it progresses, as it goes on from murder to murder. You think, mm, what's you're actively seeking out men now to not have sex with just to kill and take the car and their possessions. That's it. Powerful scene for me when she is in the car with the lad and he's nervous and she's like, just fucking hurry up, give me your money and get it over with. And then he's like, I'm sorry, I've just never done anything like this before. And then you see her softer side come back out, don't you? It's almost like she wants them to be predators so that it at least gives her an excuse to kill them. Yeah, and it's when she sees some poor guy, and he's like, "Oh, he's just never been with a woman before." So she's like, "Oh, fuck!" Do you know what I mean? So she quickly relieves him, and then she goes, "Right, on your way, bye." And she lets him go. I guess my first question that I was trying to ask you both earlier is: when I said, "What is this film meant to do?" Is this film designed to make you feel sympathy? Well, isn't the film giving you questions? So. I, I don't know the story. I've not seen the documentary. I don't know the case. The documentary so, is very I, good. Are you meant to come out of watching this feeling a bit sorry for her? Well, I, I got it that you're meant to come out conflicted. Yeah. I don't think the film is giving you a straight narrative like that. I think it's pulling up a lot of questions about what would you do in that situation? How would you be if your life was like that? How would you be if you had that kind of start? And then, as Jack's saying... The progression is full of dichotomy and paradox and it's not a straight story, as I'm sure it's not 
in the real world. Mm. I didn't feel like it was making a moral argument one way or the other. It was just saying, look, these are all the factors that are going on just so we don't get to the end with the court case and go, it was just like this. Mm. It's giving you a couple... It's giving you the both sides and go... But I don't think it's like you're meant to feel... I mean, what did you feel at the end, Colson? What was the thing that you got from it? I don't know. I, I think, you know, the reality is, obviously, she almost turns into an accidental serial killer. But then, like Jack says, there's a point where she's just like, this is the only way that I can get money. I can't get a job. I can't do anything else. So I'm just going to get a few more kills, get some money, get some car, and then we'll, we'll be gone forever. And it's like, that. you know, that is the mind of a serial killer who is killing for th- their benefit sort of thing. But then there is that element of the kind of Romeo and Juliet tale to it as well of, you know, it is like she's in love and she's never been in love before and she's never had a relationship with someone where she is cared about or cares about. You know, she's only ever used and been used and obviously she sees love, sex and relationships as a service because that's what she's done for her entire life and now it's like she's got a chance of something but at the same breath she's heartlessly going around killing people and then when obviously it comes up afterwards and it says that you know she was executed on this day after spending X amount of time on death row I was a bit like wow like they they really you know there was no remorse or no you know it kind of it was like she did what she did and it was taken on face value sort of thing and I guess it kind of the reason it's probably been multiple documentaries and a film is because there is more story to it than the face value of she murdered four people. Well, seven, but they only ever found six bodies. How many did she murder in the film? I can't remember. She only murders four in the film, doesn't she? I don't know. Maybe it did that clever thing, you know, like when it, it ties a few together and you can see her like shooting people and shooting someone else and shooting someone else and it looks like a bit of a can't spree. remember. Okay, so she killed seven. She killed seven total, but I think she was only convicted of six because they didn't find a seventh body. And in the end, Selby, that scene where she's on the phone. Yes. Well, she's having to get manufacture her to, her to confess. Yeah. And to clear her name. To clear to her. To clear her name. It's kind of that perfect shot of the the shot from her, you could tell exactly what was going on as soon as she opened her mouth, but obviously the film wanted to leave a little bit of suspense, but you could tell the situation. I thought Charlie Theron was was technically very, very good in that phone call. That line where she said, why are you doing this? Or what, what did she say? What's going what, on? Yeah, what are you doing? What's go- with that expression of happy start of the phone call, then I'm not sure where the phone call's going, then realisation, oh, she's sort of selling me out. And then the end bit of the phone call going, it's fine. I get it. I get it. It's fine. Yeah. I thought she did really, really well because I, I thought it was really hard to do in one yeah. phone call, show all of those things. And Christina Ritchie does very well. The end mm. bit where it's the, I'm letting you go. Like, I understand everything that's happened in this phone call and I'm letting you go because I love you. That bit was massive, wasn't it? And I suppose for her, she's holding on to that like you said that wrote that what they had love that that bit in the roller disco whatever that love part or else it all goes there's no point of love at all i mean i don't know whether that happened or not whether that's true or not but i could see why they put it in the film the director was very cleverly always putting you in in different positions it was never clear cut Let's take a quick break then. We'll get our roller skates on and skate around to Don't Stop Believing. Then we'll come back and give a rating, yeah? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
He's good on them skates, isn't he, Jack? Old Benny boy. Yeah, very, yeah ben, <laughs> he's very, good. I could yeah. do that thing where you go backwards. Yeah. Yeah, I can do that. You you were to the time of the music as well, which amazed me. (laughs) To a train. Come on! Here we go. Awful. I'm awful at anything like that. Roller skating, ice skating. So it's Jack, isn't it? Shepard, it's your film. Yeah. Start us off with your rating for Monster. Who did you watch it with? Anyone or on your own? I watched it with them all. They've seen it before. Yeah, and they were really up for watching it because they've not seen it for a long time, and I'd not seen it for a long time. I didn't forget how good she was because I remember how good she was. It was I, I forgot a lot of it. I forgot about their relationship, and I think that really came through on the rewatch. That I really, really did want it to work, and I was sad that it didn't. It's Romeo and Juliet, isn't it? Their relationship. I mean, it was it was always sort of doomed in a way because I mean, the start of you know her life and what she went through at the beginning, she was always destined to be screwed up. So you can you can kind of see that it sort of went to that. But um, yeah, really good for any that are interested in the actual story. That there is a really good documentary that Nick Bloomfield did with Eileen Warnos that's called. Um, Selling, Eileen Warnos, Selling of a Serial Killer. Oh, I've seen it. It's on YouTube. It's about an hour and a half. It is really, really good. And it's 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 really good documentary that them two made together. But yeah, I'm going to go 7.5 for this. Oh, lower than I thought you'd go. I think it's her, mainly, um, obviously. I think Christina Ricci, for a part, does quite well. But you are transfixed to her. And, yeah, I'm going to go seven point. I think that's fair. I think that's where it should be, really. I don't think it's a nines, tens, and I think it just falls halfway between the eights. So 7.5, I think, yeah, good good rating. You've rated your own rating. I have, yeah. I'd rate my own rating. Ben? Uh, yeah, exactly what you said, Shepard, seven. But her performance is fantastic. It made me feel very uncomfortable at times, which I think... It's probably what it should be doing. I was really impressed that they'd made that film for an extremely low budget. It's the director's first film as well. Yeah, it is really, really good. It's a really good first film at one and a half million dollars. But yeah, fine. Seven away. I'm seven as well. 21.5. I think it's interesting that we've all come in at a similar number on that, but it complements a lot. I think this is not a downside whatsoever. But you can see why the film wasn't nominated for the Oscar and she was sort of thing. Like, she's mm. outstanding. Like, performance is amazing. Probably different as well on the fact that it's a true-to-life story. I think if I'd have known the story beforehand, I probably would have been more like an eight maybe as well. Mm. I think it's one of them. If you're more aware of what's going on, you can be like, oh, that's how they did that bit. That's how they do that bit. I think I saw the doc, I think first before i saw the film so because i'd had that in my head and then i saw her performance i was like jesus christ she's good do you know what i mean so that's why it sort of really stuck with me there's a lot in there isn't there i suppose as a character as well there's a lot to get hold of 21.5 it's a good rating it's it's miles above tetris it's just below inside out what about high tension it won't touch high tension. <laughs> That's in the lead it's, with 29.999. It's, it's quite far above. Don't you worry about high tension. Speaking of high tension, Jack, there is some tension in the air because you've got a gem for us, I hear. I do, and I'm I'm sticking on the same theme as horror thriller, actually. This film, if you've got Disney, it's available on Disney. You might have seen it, you two. It's the Kira Knightley Boston Strangler. No, I haven't seen it. Is it a film or is it a series? It's a film. I thought it was a series. It's a film. Is it about the Boston Strangler, obviously? It's literally about the Boston Strangler. So for those that don't know, there was a serial killer who was going around Boston in the mid-60s um, strangling um, women. I think he got 13... And it's all about these two journalists who worked at a newspaper, these two female journalists who helped the police uncover who they thought it potentially could have been or 
be. So that film is on Disney. It's really good. And do you know what? She's really good. She's brilliant. She is really good. Her accent's Bob on. Brilliant. There we go. Boston Strangler on Disney Plus. Yeah, the Boston Strangler on Disney. Next week, it is the time where we invite another member into the podcast. You may know him from ABBA. <laughs> <laughs> He's our Waterloo. He puts the B in ABBA. <laughs> so yeah, we're asking the audience at home to pick the film for next week. As always, give us some interesting films. So far this series is give us Goodnight Mr. Tom and Inside Out. Ooh, so what's the voting now? Well, the random generator, as always, picks us four out. And those four films give us two semi-finals and to be final number one was in bruges versus gone girl so that's semi-final number one semi-final number two was decision to leave versus airplane <laughs> what a what a choice now a interestingly this is the first time in a long time that both semi-finals have been absolute whitewashers as in, we're talking both these films have won by at least 400 votes. Country mile. Yeah. So, semi-final number one, the film that won was Gone Girl. So, Gone Girl knocks out in Bruges. And semi-final number two, Decision to Leave versus Airplane. Airplane has stormed it. 80% of people wanted Airplane. Oh, it's going to be Airplane, isn't it? Oh. what? Where's your predictions at, boys? Oh, airplane. I think Gone Girl might nick it. So what's the score? What are we watching? It's tight. It's a tight one. The film we're watching next week, winning by only 6%. Really? Is Gone Girl. Gone Girl. Gone Girl based on the book. Yes. Same director as Girl with a Dragon Tattoo? No, 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 no. No. Same director as Seven. Fincher. Fincher. Girl Goes Missing. Husband's in the house. Well, we'll see it when we see it. We'll see it when we see it. That's what yeah. we say, Ben. On the film, on the in the film talk. We'll see it when we see it. We'll see it when we see it. And um, thank you. Was it like a 2014, maybe? We'll see it when we see it. Something like that, maybe. Yeah, I, th- I've, I've, I think I've seen it. I'm just saying. Me and Ben went to the cinema to see it together. Did you? Did we? Yeah. Did you? Yeah, we did. You can talk about that next week. Okay, we've known each other so long now. I'm doing, we're doing, like, we went and saw ABBA together in the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> As part of this podcast, we also have an extra podcast which is on our patreon which is our paid for subscription platform which is where you can get extra sofa cinema club we release a bonus episode every single month onto patreon and if you sign up to patreon as you know by now you get a job or a shout out on the podcast and the job obviously is working within our film company and cinema so jack we've got a few people who we need to give jobs to it's getting harder because people are they're, they're picking tricky names they are they're picking tricky names <laughs> they're picking tricky names like they picked their own name i've got one i've got one i've got one oh go on then right um, get, get yourself in we have stand-ins don't we for um some of the actors sometimes when um basically a stand-in what what so they'll stand in when they're lighting the set or they're checking focus or things like that until the actor and they're ready for the actor and ready to start recording. They'll have a stand-in who's like same height, same build. And she she's a proper doppelganger for like Julia Roberts. She's called Erin. She's called just Erin? Just Erin. Just Erin. Ben, we've got three names here and two of them. One's not a name and one hasn't given us a second name. They're on to us. They know. They're on to us. They don't want any shit. Interesting, though. You know, recently we've been having quite a lot of, like, big brands come in and we've been having people in-house franchising. Mm. So we've got the lad who's working for McDonald's, all that kind of stuff. Our American film setup have brought someone in. And it's a product we don't have in England. So they've asked if we can bring him over. So this lad, I'm assuming it's a lad, is coming in... (laughs) on just just a free month working holiday and he's he's head of Cheetos for our UK Film Institute and that's Cheat 79 
Ben, you heard right. Head of Cheetos. Head of Cheetos. Head of basically American what's it? <laughs> yeah. Head of Cheetos. Well, they might they might yeah, take they are, off yeah. over here because he's he's trialling them out within our company. Cheats seventy nine. The other job that me and Jack were in and are about is we've been in London this week, haven't we, Jack? And it's just hard for us to get down constantly. And we've opened an office now in in Essex, and we needed an office manager, didn't we, Jack? Yeah, we did. Yeah. And who have you decided to give that to? Carly Essex. <laughs> you could have said we need we needed a base just outside of London. What's the name, Carly Essex? Yeah, you actually said Essex. Oh, Essex office manager. We've got Alice Windsor doing Windsor. We've got ev- everyone's everywhere. I'd love to know where. Carly Essex lives. So if you want the chance of getting a job in our film studio or a shout out at the end of the podcast next week, all you've got to do is sign up to Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Sofa Cinema Club. Remember, there is a bonus episode every single month. You get loads of bonus content and ad free episodes. So all you have to do is please give us your first and second name because it makes it a lot easier, doesn't it, Jack? It makes it really, really easy. (laughs) Right. That's all we've got time for this week. Next week we're back and we're talking all things your choice, which is Gone Girl. We're back in studio as well next week, aren't we? Yeah. Hopefully. 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 Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.